The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whoa. There they are. To be worn, week one, Monday Night Football against the Bills, and week four, Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, both at home. The legacy white uniforms with the old Jets script on the side of the helmets and uh, the white on white. I don't know why you go white on white at home, but you know what? The Giants do it, so we'll do it as well. And there he is, the great Aaron Rodgers. Is his gap in his face mask bigger than before? Hey, Kazoo. Oh, oh, I did not authorize that. That was done without my knowledge or my (laughs) consent. But I do, I do ratify it now that I've seen it. Very well done. What? Very so, well done. Looks like Aaron Rodgers ate some bad clams there. <laughs> he, had some bad, he had some bad ayahuasca. Uh, and, uh, I do love those unis. I think they're pretty damn sharp. Can we put those back up again? They are sharp. I, I mean, what I will say as a Giants fan and wanting to have fun, what is the legacy all about? Didn't they wear these in the 80s when they didn't do anything? Like what, what, the legacy of what? Almost getting there? Almost yeah. winning playoff games? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Not exactly the legacy that we're thinking about, right? If you really want to embrace the greatness of the past, wear the uniforms they wore when they won Super Bowl Exactly. That's what I was having fun with. That's right. I'm just poking fun at the Jets fans a little bit. But I really do like these uniforms. They're sharp. You'll appreciate this. The Jets perpetually live in the shadow of their big brothers, the New York Giants. Why do the Jets go white on white at home for their throwbacks when that's exactly what the Giants do, don't they? Don't the Giants go white on white? Or did they put the well, they brought the blue back? They did it a little they bit. Did, You're they right. Started At first, they went white, on, white on, white. on white. You're right. That was the first, like, old one they brought back. But last year, remember when they played uh, the Bears at home, and I think it was Washington at home, they did wear the blue and did that, you know, so yes, uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it, why wear the white on white at home? Well, I guess it's, they're going to, they're going to create like the white out thing. They're going to tell their fans to wear white for the Monday night football game to start the year. Right. I could see that all being part of the game plan here. Those are two big games, two primetime games, early season that will go a long way toward determining 
what the Jets are going to be next year. They're going to be wearing the legacy white uniforms. And uh, Tyree Kill, at some point, will be facing the Jets in their regular uniforms twice. He's unlikely to be suspended anytime soon, but and I'd say he's unlikely to be suspended at all. There was that strange event that happened on Father's Day at a marina in South Florida. He allegedly struck a man in the neck, a 57-year-old man, and there was some altercation about whether people were where they were supposed to be. He allegedly offered the guy 200 bucks at the time to basically let it all go. Now a broader and presumably more expensive settlement yeah. has been reached. It was announced yesterday that Tyree Kill and the individual involved have resolved their differences. I assume that this means they're will be a commitment by the individual to not cooperate with the NFL. The NFL has no subpoena power over anyone. And that's one of the big flaws in the personal conduct policy. It's only as good as the victim, the alleged victim, is willing to cooperate with the process. With Ezekiel Elliott, six years ago, the person who was accusing him of domestic violence did six or seven interviews with the NFL. She had no qualms about doing it. She had every right to do it. But... The flip side is you also have every right to say, no, I'm not going to do it. And one of the clauses that you can negotiate into a civil settlement is an agreement that you will not talk to anybody about anything that happened unless you are duly subpoenaed by a court of law to do it. And in this case, the NFL has no power to force this person to do anything. So I've asked the NFL for comment a couple of times on this. This is one of those where I have to keep asking and asking and asking and they think I'm going to forget about it. And eventually they'll tell me no comment or something like that. I've asked twice now. I guess I'll have to ask three or four times. There's really nothing they can do with this unless that individual is going to talk, and I assume he's not going to talk. The only difference here, though, is they do have surveillance video. So they could, because it's on video, if the video is clear enough, they could do something without that individual's cooperation. But either way, that's the next question. Will the league do anything? And so far, they haven't said one way or the other. Yeah, no, you're right. Or somebody gets a hold of that video and drops it and puts it out on social media or something like that. I guess that could be a thing too, right, Mike? But yeah, I mean, you know, overall, uh, again, I, I, I don't know how this incident went down. It's unfortunate, obviously. But the, the Dolphins at least can rest a little easy here just in knowing, you know, it doesn't seem like anything major is going to happen. I don't expect it like you said either. Um, but, man, yeah, they need Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's the straw that stirs the drink for the Miami Dolphins. His, his skills and ability are what opens up how they play and how they formulated that offense there under Mike McDaniel and, and made Tua look so good last year. They don't have him. It'll be a different look. So uh, they, they need him and, you know, hopefully for their sake this is resolved and they can look you know look look past it this whole thing happened while we were on hiatus the one important point to remember if there would be any discipline to be imposed on Tyree Kill his history from Oklahoma State when Mm. he pleaded guilty to punching and choking his then pregnant girlfriend let's call it what it was it's exactly what it is the NFL had no ability to discipline him for that because it happened before he was in the league, although it's one of the reasons he slipped around five of the draft. But that history under the personal conduct policy becomes a factor that potentially results in a greater punishment if he would ever get in trouble for something that happens during his career. So that element hangs over this. And One of the great complaints I have about the personal conduct policy, at the end of the day, it gives a license to the NFL to do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. They want to go after somebody, they can go after them. If they don't, they look the other way. 
And with Tyree Kill, who knows? Maybe they finally realized, hey, it's not in our interest to take great players off the field. Injuries do enough of that. Let's not go out of our way to take great players off the field. Let's just discipline the guys who aren't very good. So Tyree Kill means a lot to the Dolphins. The Dolphins issue means a lot to the NFL. We're just going to look the other way on this one. I hate to say that, but given the amount of discretion, the play in the joints in the personal conduct policy, it allows the NFL to pick and choose who they're going to be aggressive with, Chris. And I don't think it would surprise us to learn that that's a factor in how aggressive they're going to be with some of these players. Yeah, no, I, I, exactly right. You're right. You know, there's a lot of things that go into play there. Public perception, how much people are on this subject, whatever else. This does not seem to be a hot button top topic or anything like that as far as Tyreek Kill's concerned. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's as we always talk about, it's kind of a moving target when it comes to this kind of stuff. And we're always a little bit, you know, trying to figure out how the NFL is going to handle it. But I don't think anything major is happening here. And remember, if they would do anything, it goes through the process we learned about last year. The NFL proposes a penalty to Judge Sue L. Robinson. She makes the decision. The NFL has the power to resolve any appeal, but there are certain things that can't be changed on appeal. And, it looks like we won't have to relearn that whole process as it relates to Tyree Kill for now. We'll wait to see if the NFL actually you know, responds to my multiple inquiries about what this means. Because it's tangible now. It's real. You don't settle nothing. You don't, you don't reach a settlement just because you feel like it. There's an issue out there that needed to be resolved that was on the radar screen for Tyree Kill and the Dolphins to a lesser extent. But it's important to them as well. It's now resolved. What comes next? We'll post something at PFT if and when we get a response from the National Football League. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, when we return, Pete didn't put a tease in there. Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius Toney, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Marcus Peters. It's kind of a wordy tease, but that's all we got. More PFT Live right after this. Is this Chiefs team a dynasty? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're the beginning of one. Um, I think in dynasties, I always say you got to win three. Um, and our job is to do whatever we can to win as many as we can and not have any regrets we step up the field. And uh, I think if we keep the mentality that we have, then we can look back at the end of our career and then we can decide if we're a dynasty or not. Patrick Mahomes, you're a dynasty once you have three. And look, he's not going to say it out loud. He's got the ultimate motivation to win four, five, six, seven. He's trying to catch Tom Brady. He, he's trying to catch Tom. Why wouldn't he be trying to catch Tom Brady? So it's not about dynasty. It's about the course of a full career. How many are you going to get? He's got two in five years as a starter. He doesn't just want three. He wants four and more, and he wants to get as close to Brady as he can, if not pass him. I mean, we, we know that. Yeah, we know that. We I, know. I don't. I don't know if he's going to wear it on his sleeve, but we know that. No, we we do know, we do know that. That's right. I mean, I don't think he's settling on anything. And I think really, as we go here and you do things like that, like we talked about a little yesterday, you just you're unlocking more with him as we just go. It's just it's it's more like, hey, it's it's less pressure on him. It's hey, let it fly, and we're going to continue to be. We know how to win these games. That's where that's where they thrive. They thrive off of the energy of winning and being the man and the team and all of that. That's why they're kind of the 
They're they're an exciting mini dynasty right now. They're different different than the New England Patriots, where it was all about detail and we found this guy under a rock in you know Minnesota and this guy under a rock in Miami and blah blah blah. And they fit our mold. Andy Reid and the Mahomes and Kelsey they're refreshing because it's a little bit like they just you know for lack of a better way. And I know it's not this way, but they just seem hey you guys just go be you and love football and we'll put you in some good spots and go play ball and just ball out. And that's where it's, uh, I think, a little more refreshing than other dynasties we've seen that are a little more uptight maybe uh, than this one. And one of the ways they fuel this budding dynasty is to have competent pass catchers on the field to go along with Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony, a player that they think could become their true number one. He's expected back for the start of the season after hurting his knee. He injured the same knee that he had cleaned up surgically earlier this offseason. We talked yesterday about the injury issues. Giants fans roll their eyes at Kadarius Toney and his injury issues, lower body issues. But we're still trying to figure out what Kadarius Toney's going to be. Ton of talent, but you got to be able to stay on the field. And you're not a running back. So you're not getting hit and pounded around the same way they are. You either can stay on the field or you can't. It's an unfortunate reality of football. And the Chiefs are counting on Toney to be available and to do some great things for them in 2023. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, they want to make him the guy, as we see. And we know. We saw enough last year to go, hey, he can be the guy. But like, like we hit on yesterday, too, I'm a little scared with this, that this these kind of injuries keep you know arising from time to time and stunt his growth as a football player. And plus, you know, lower leg, like you're talking about, receiver, and receiver, too, who jams his leg and foot in the ground harder than most receivers. That's what makes him so elusive in space is his ability to get guys leaning one way, jam his leg in the ground, and cut the other way. Yeah, I'm a little worried. And then the fact that it's, you know, oh, man, wait, he'll be ready for the start of the season? It tells you there's something a little there that's significant that scares the crap out of them where they're going to, you know, pull back the reins here for five weeks, basically. So that that's where it's a little scary for the Chiefs. Their receiving room is still really good without Kadarius Tony, But with Kadarius Tony, it's, uh, you know, it has a chance to be one of the better ones in football. And uh, that's what's got to scare Kansas City a little bit. Yeah, he'll be ready for the start of the season, but how ready will yeah, he be when the right, season starts? Right. If he's not involved in anything, he's going to be playing catch-up early in the year, and it's going to be harder for him to ascend to that number one status that they think that he's good enough to take advantage of. We talked yesterday about the fact that once training camp opens, we know that injuries are inevitable. And I'd say every passionate fan kind of holding his or her breath as each day goes by, waiting for that news that key player on favorite team suffered a serious injury, the fantasy football crowd worrying, is my guy from my my dynasty league, did he get injured? You know, And there's all sorts of ways guys get injured, whether it's get hit by a jet ski like Naheem Hines or yesterday, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. There it is, the first lightning strike in training camp. A knee injury, non-contact. At first it sounded ominous. It turns out that there is... No structural damage to his knee based upon an MRI following him being carted off practice with that non-contact leg injury. So good news for the Lions. Because usually, Chris, we hear something like that 
and we know what's eventually coming. The news that the season is over for the player barely when training camp even begins. Yeah, huge news. Huge. You know, I'm with you. When I heard that yesterday, I'm going, oh, damn, he tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Non-contact, carted off, right? You hear that, you usually always expect the worst. You know, good for the Detroit Lions. Good for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's a hell of a player. And we talked about yesterday. I mean, the Lions, that that team, we know the offense is damn good. It's the defense's turn to to kind of improve here. They were last in football, you know. And you know, like we hit on a little yesterday, you know, the, the Lions' lack of guys that have been there, done that, big like leadership presence. C.J. Gardner Johnson is one of those guys that can be that guy. He he can be one of those guys where, you know, you have a bad practice or two that can call out everybody like, hey, dudes, what the F are we doing out here? Let's get going again. He brings that edge to the football team. I'm I'm happy that he's okay, and it's good for the Lions. So good to see that. You're absolutely right. This is a guy who was on a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Right. So he knows what it looks like. He knows what it feels like. They need to have him involved and present and on the field to get to where the Lions are trying to to go. The Raiders at a time when they don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs, they have made a move and this one has been coming for a while. I think it was Vic Tafer of the Athletic who reported this weeks ago. It's likely the Raiders will sign cornerback Marcus Peters before training camp and lo and behold, one year deal. Peters now originally drafted in the first round by the Chiefs, traded to the Rams, ended up with the Ravens, now signs with the Las Vegas Raiders on that one year deal. And, hey, if you're going to be in the division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, assuming Russell Wilson's going to be better than he was last year, you need some good corners. A hundred percent. And, you know, again, as as we've discussed before, too, like it's the New England system they're working there with the Raiders. I mean, man-to-man is part of their game. DBs are part of their game, matching up guys with certain receivers and having, you know, a different – group of second oh we're playing tall receivers this week we need some bigger dbs out there that's what the raiders do i think this is one of the, this was necessary i mean like you said we kind of all saw it coming down ever since he had to, he had his little private workout with them right and it kind of seemed like it was inevitable but yeah they needed they needed a little help with that position you know if, if i were to look at the raiders and like you said the afc west afc west is stacked and i think the raiders are good but if there was one position i looked at them to go they're weak they could use uh, a little bit more talent at that position. It's corner. And Marcus Peters, he's still a damn good player. And like we just talked about with the other guy, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he's a guy that will bring a little edge to your defense. He's a culture locker room guy that ain't going to be afraid to show some emotion and, and get some guys going. And that's what I like that for the Raiders as well. And for those of us who have become hooked on the crossover grid game where you match – players who have been with multiple teams at multiple times. We encourage player movement. Marcus Peters can now be the intersection of Raiders Chiefs, Raiders Rams, Raiders Ravens, (laughs) Ravens Chiefs, Ravens Rams. You can file that away into your brain bank and use it when you're playing the grid, which we are going to do next, specially made for us the rest of you who have seen it on the Twitter page I'm have been working on I'm it. We haven't seen it. We're yeah. going to do it live. The red light's going to come on. We're uh. going to freeze up like Cindy Brady. We're going to urinate in our pants. <laughs> That's all going to be next here on PFT Live. Uh.
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whoa. Okay. What do we got here? I'm okay with with certain white-on-white uniforms. That's from the win over the San Francisco 49ers, 1987 playoffs. Reggie Rutland, who would go on to be known as Najee Mustafa, picked off Joe Montana and ran it in. They ultimately brought in Steve Young late in that game, and he made it a little interesting. I love those uniforms. So certain white-on-white I'll take. And unfortunately, the Vikings for their throwbacks, they don't even go with the glossy purple helmet. The Vikings are doing throwbacks. That's my beef, Minnesota. I'm sorry. You can't do the stupid-ass matte purple helmet if you're going to do a throwback. Get the shiny purple helmet if you're going to go throwback and go white on white with the LSU sleeves. Okay. Without further ado, uh, this is going to be fun. And we're already fretting. We've taken a look at this grid. This is the game. It's crossovergrid.com. Usually it's slash NFL. Today, for this, it's slash PFT. Now, the game works like this. You identify the players that fit in any of the nine boxes. It's like the Hollywood Squares. The goal is to not go with the obvious low-hanging fruit. The goal is to come up with someone obscure because the game will give you a percentage of how many other people have picked that person. So you would ideally like somebody that was like from the 70s who had a cup of coffee with one team and played with the other. And But sometimes, especially when we're going to be operating under the realities of live TV, you just got to take what you can get and move on to the next one. So uh-huh. here we go. Yeah. For those of you listening on Sirius XM 85 or podcast, I'll tell you what the grid is. The horizontal columns Eagles going across the top, Vikings across the middle, Buccaneers across the bottom. Vertically, it's Giants, Broncos, and the category of kick or punt return for a touchdown, one or more. This one is not easy. Chris, do you have any ideas that jump off the page to you? Usually four or five of them are obvious to me. All right. Give me one that you got. Okay, right off the bat, and I was a teammate of this player. It just makes sense for me. Let's go to the Eagles and the Broncos 
Brian Dawkins. That's one I know that played for both right off the bat, okay? I know that's probably not going to be That would be a high percentage. Yes, I know it will be. That would be a high percentage. Did you have anybody else that came to mind there that that, just jumped out to you? No, there wasn't one that jumped out to me. I was gonna have, that was one I was going to have to think about to come up with a good one. And uh, I would have tried to think of someone yeah. very obscure. You think of offensive linemen. You think of kickers. Backup quarterbacks yeah, right. often have that cross-pollination. I'm going basic I'd be thinking, right did now. Bobby Brister, I don't want to choke my ass off Did Bobby Brister here. ever play for the <laughs> yeah, Eagles? Right, That's right. what I would have been thinking. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I, well, I'll give you one that, that uh, I, I mean, and this one, I don't know what what kind of percentage it will draw because yeah. it's an older reference. People think of Fran Tarkenton as a Vikings there quarterback. There we go. Well, I like it. He was traded to the New York Giants. That's right. And then traded back to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if we have a percentage on that there one. There you go. Yeah, 20 for okay. a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Hey, let's just get him right to that. And he right doesn't even have a photo. I know. He doesn't even have a photo. How dare. Come on, man. Come on, man. Is right. All right. So let, let's just get him today. I just want to win the damn game. All right. That's what All I'm right. trying to do. All right. All right, Giants. Give me another one. Giants, Bucks. That that square in the bottom. I'm going to another old teammate of mine, Roman Oben. Roman Oben. You remember him, the offensive lineman. I think that one's going to be one that we can get some big time points with. Two point nine percent there, Mike. Wow. Very well done. Very well done. Okay, um, I am going to go with the column that drives me crazy because it's typically obscure names for kicker, punt, return, touchdown, one or more. And even though it's a big name, he wasn't typically a kicker, punt, returner for the Minnesota Vikings. Randy Moss, I recall against the Kansas City Chiefs on a Sunday night in 1999, took a punt to the house for the Vikings. Let's see where Moss shows up percentage-wise. There we go. All right, wow. single digits. I'll take single digits, Way baby. to go. That's okay, right. you're up. All right, to go. It's getting right. interesting now. All right, no, let's go to the Eagles kick return or punt return TD. I got a good one, I think, here. You remember Vi Sikahema? Remember him? Oh, Back in well the day? done. Yes. Right? I think that's got to be a low percentage one for sure. 0.8%, well Mike. All right, now I'm now I'm going to start. Uh, I got another one I'm if you want, just so I got here. one go ready. Ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Bucks ahead. Broncos, the guys in both Ring of Honors, John Lynch. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no! Hold T- on. Don't put Lynch in. Don't, don't put, put him in. No, I want a low percentage here. Oh, Chris Sims. What here. the hell am I thinking? Chris Sims for crying out loud! <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of myself. Twenty-one <laughs> percent. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, the fans yeah. got it. All right, all right. But yeah, that was lower percentage, though. Good job hey, by you. <laughs> hey, look, but but you know what? You know what? I don't know how you get a picture in Fran Tarkenton. I don't does know it. either. That I'm, just doesn't seem I'm right. I'm registering a formal complaint with <laughs> yeah. my friend at crossovergrid.com <laughs> yeah. slash PFT slash NFL. All right, what else you got? Oh, well, I only got three left. Well, kick return, punt returner for a TD for the Bucks. I, I can de- Joey Galloway. I can go Joey Galloway. I know he returned one with when I was there. I can remember one punt return. Uh, all right. Wow. And remember, they were a team that went like thirty years plus without a kick return yes. for a touchdown right. ever. Right. Ever. Right. All right. I should be able to come up with a Viking and a Bronco. Somebody who. Pl- oh, I got one. I got one. Hall of Famer Gary Zimmerman. Boom. Roasted. Whoa. There, there, there you is. go. And it should be a low percentage, even though he's a Hall of Famer. Man, let's see what the percentage come is. Come with some 3. good 3. ones 3%. here. Mike, right. let's group yeah. work this. I, you got to know a giant eagle. You've got to know. You're a Giants fan. you got to be able to answer all the Giants. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, 
It's one of those that, it, like, I've been looking at that box since we started, and it's like I think I know both teams <laughs> so good that I'm choking my ass off here. I can't. Uh, I think we need it. You got anybody that comes to your mind, Mike? Uh, we have. I. I. Oh, uh, here we go. Receive. Oh, this is going to be like 0.3 percent. Make sure you click the right one, Pete. We're getting. We're getting. We're getting. We're letting Pete get involved in this. Steve Smith. Yeah. But not Steve Smith. The Panther. No, Steve Raven, Smith. The USC. Steve Smith. Right. Yes. Yes. That's get the, the right one. one. Yeah. Get the right one. Get your facts straight. All right. Oh. Who I, else I could have been that at the Giants? Brian Mitchell. I forgot he played for the Giants a little bit. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. But, but let me tell you, here's where I get a little screwed up with these because some players are so associated with a rival that you think that that guy played for that team. When I first saw Giants Eagles, I thought Deshaun Jackson. Because the great moment of his career yeah, right. was against, the kick against return the Giants. against right. the Giants. Right. They never played for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of what ricochets around in your brain as you're trying to sift through all these. So what's our what's our highest and lowest percentage? Where, where was the lowest hanging fruit that we went with? Right. Okay. And then 85%, 85% for, Brian for Brian Dawkins. Dawkins. And then Vysik Ahema was low, was right? the it, highest. Vi was low at 2.3%. Okay. It's going okay. up. All it's right. going up. Folks, you can't. Okay, but we that's fine. They're playing along with this. This one's just for fun. Usually what I try to do is use no outside research. I had one the other night, and Byron Jones was the name. There was a Dolphins-Eagles. No, Dolphins-Cowboys Dolphin interaction. Yeah. And, like, and I could not remember Byron Jones' name for the life of me. And it's like, I know exactly who it is. They just cut him because he had the injury. He didn't yeah. play last year. But it, and it turns into this jumble of names. It like activates your, it like breaks a dam in your brain. And all these names come flooding out. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very addictive. And I'm very relieved that we got all nine of them today. Pretty damn so good. I'm glad check we got out it done. Crossovergrid.com slash NFL. There'll be, the daily puzzle coming out right around one o'clock Eastern. It's a ton of fun. It's very addictive. Thanks to all of you for playing along, and thanks to our pal there at Crossover Grid for putting together uh, a grid for us. Maybe we'll do it again. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Know. I don't know how this plays we'll on. We'll see radio, how it's received but it was fun by the, for the video. audience. Yeah, we'll see how right. it is. But it was fun for sure. We'll check the ratings. Let's take a break. We'll do more <laughs> PFT live right after this. Well, our pal at the Crossover Grid apparently is watching or listening because he's updated Look with some guy. photos. I love it. Fran Targanen with with All the white. white throwback jersey <laughs> that the Vikings Shiny should wear. Helmet. And I prefer the Targanen version to the Randy Moss version. At some point in the mid-90s, they decided to put the numbers on the sleeves above the shoulders instead of on the sleeves. I like it better on the sleeves. So, well done putting Targeted in there with the photo and also Gary Zimmerman, the Hall of Famer, in there with his Broncos uh, photo. So uh, that was fun. That was, was fun. fun. We may have to do that again. That, I don't know. The draft has its place, but this is uh, this is fun. We'll see, Again, we'll see what the numbers do, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. 
Uh, now that we focus back on, you know, the actual business at hand, I, I have to find where we were on the – Pete told me what we're going to do next, but I forget. Here we go. Now I remember Deshaun Watson. Here is Deshaun Watson from training camp at the Greenbrier, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, where they're getting camp started in advance of the Hall of Fame game coming up in nine days. Here he is on how his suspension from last year changed him and how he went about sharing his background with his teammates when they met over the weekend. Of course. I mean, the whole the whole situation changed me, um, you know, in a situation where it's just kind of I had to lock in on myself, you know, channel and, and, and really know who I'm, you know, surrounding myself with and just really who who's going to be there and support me, you know, even when I'm at my lowest point. And, um, you know, the last few years was definitely my lowest point in my life. But, you know, that that's that's part of life. And, uh, you know, I just go from it. I learn from it. I continue to move forward and push forward and continue to show my real character, my real personality and who I am. You know, when I was a young kid, I didn't think of the NFL. I didn't know I was going to make it out of high school. You know, my mom being sick and having tongue cancer and not being able to eat solid food ever again. You know, not having a father figure in my life ever, probably 27 years, only seeing him four times. You know, and, you know, different stuff like that is just is things that people don't really get to hear about. You know, especially the last few years been, you know, the media directing and narrating something, something, something else, um, you know, it's, it's been kind of overshadowed. So having an opportunity to tell that story in front of those guys and lift those teammates in their eyes and be able to touch them and let them know how, you know, why I am who I am, you know, is definitely impactful. Look, I, I understand that Deshaun Watson's trying to rebuild his career, rebuild his life, but these are self-inflicted wounds. These are not adversities that are visited upon him unfairly from some external source. And the idea that it's a media-created narrative, no, it's, it's not. The NFL found that he engaged in sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. You can call the allegations if you want. You can deny it if you want. The NFL found through its process that involves an independent judge who heard the evidence and made the decisions that it happened. This isn't some bad luck. This isn't some persecution. This isn't a hoax, a word that we hear all the time nowadays. This is real. It's not a witch hunt. It happened. So I still want to see a little remorse. I still want to see a little contrition. I still want to see a little compassion for the people who were victimized by the conduct. And I don't know if that's too much to ask for, Chris. Well, I don't think it's going to happen now. I mean, I, I think that ship is, you know, sailed and gone and see you later, right? Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more of that as well, right? I, I know he made a few comments and, and tried to show some of that. I think we all were wanting a little bit more. It's a tough situation. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Deshaun Watson, you know, does, handles everything this year. You know, he's still going to be booed when he's in stadiums. He's still extremely talented. I expect to bounce back on the field. The one thing I will say, too, though, is I don't know. Will we ever see the old Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, you know, I watch that there. I see him, you know, in any other interview. He's, he, he's scarred. He's not the same charismatic, lovable guy that he was before this. And, and, I, and maybe I look at him differently because this happened. But I also think that, yeah, there's a little bit of an anger in him that I sense sometimes about this whole situation. And I think you can even sense it there. And, yeah, this is still something he's going to have to fight with mentally and, and he's going to have to deal with when he's on road football games and, and fans are going to be yelling crazy stuff at him. 
We heard it last year at a preseason game in Jacksonville, and I assume there's always going to be a percentage of the fans at the road stadiums that are letting him hear it. It is not something that is ever going to go away. And the bottom line is this. He was spectacular three years ago, the last time we saw him play a full season. What will he be in 2023? And what will the Browns be? That's the great unknown for me it is. in the NFL. I don't know what the Browns are going to be, and so much of it is driven by what Deshaun Watson is going to be. And this is year two of a five-year contract that pays him $45 million fully guaranteed each and every year. And one of the reasons he didn't get suspended for a full year in 2022, and people around the league firmly believe this, that some of the owners did not want the Browns to have the benefit of kicking the entire contract back by a year. They wanted to force the Browns to burn off year one of five years. So year one is gone. Four years left. When do you start getting a return, Chris, for the $45 million per year and all the draft picks you gave up to get the guy? That never gets discussed. We're so caught up in the fully guaranteed contract. But when you give up three first-round picks and that much money, you better get a return on your investment. This is the year it's got to start or it's going to look like the Browns made a mistake. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's a big year. It's a big year for the whole organization. I think there's pressure on everybody. Watson, Stefanski, you know, the whole crew. Their team, as we've talked about really over the last two years, they, they got a lot of they, – they got a playoff caliber roster. But there's things that we got to see. You know, can Jim Schwartz boost the defense up and make them a little bit better or more dominant and consistent on that side of the football? We know the offense has got some pieces and some parts, right? And, hey, with Amari Cooper and Joku at tight end, that running back, that old line, Elijah Moore at receiver now, you know, there's some things to play with here to think that the Browns could be dangerous on offense for sure. We know that. You know, and in defense, you know, can they be a, a force too? They certainly wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a shock if we were sitting here in December. We're going, man, the Browns are going to go to the playoffs. You know, I, I think we both look at it and go, yeah, there's talent on this team for them to be in that dance. We'll just see if they can make it all work here. Chris, I also won't be shocked if they finish fourth in the division. I know. That's Between exactly the Ravens, right. the Bengals, yeah. and the Steelers, who I will never, never say, uh, you know, on paper, the Steelers are the worst team in the division. Well, Mike Tomlin doesn't play games on paper and the Browns could end up in fourth place. So if they have a year like that, if they finish last in the division, if they fail to make the playoffs, what does that mean mm. for head coach Kevin Stefanski? What does it mean for GM Andrew Barry? Jimmy Haslam was asked the question yesterday, whether it is now or never for his GM and his head coach. Here's what he had to say. I think it's really dangerous to say now or never. The NFL is unbelievably competitive in our division just Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, us, as most people think is the toughest division. So do we feel the best about our roster as we have going into this year? Do I think Andrew and Paul and Kevin have done a great job? We do. Are we excited about this year? Yes. To say it's now or never, I think would be grossly unfair. But we're excited about the year. Yeah, look, I, I can understand the answer, but... Anything other than dismissing the question opens the door for problems internally if they don't get what they need to get out of Deshaun Watson. And he's there for three more years. So if they don't get something great out of him now, they're going to keep him. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to cut him. you got to change around him. So I think 
Kevin Stefanski, particularly is at risk this year. If he doesn't draw up an offense that gets the most out of Deshaun Watson, it's not going to be Watson's fault. It's not going to be Haslam's fault. It's going to be Stefanski's fault. And that's the easiest spot for them to make a change to try to get more in 2024. Maybe it means hiring Bill O'Brien to come in and coach Deshaun Watson. I don't know. But it will be something different, I believe, in 2024 if they don't get the most out of Deshaun Watson this year. I would agree with that, right? I'm not going to say, like, you know, I, I know what Jimmy Haslam saying there, now or never or whatever. That's, that's dicey, and, and he's right. You know, we, we hit on this a little bit in the spring. I mean, the AFC, I, I'm, I'm not willing to cancel out anybody in the AFC other than the Houston Texans. That, that's the only team I look at and go, I feel confident they can't make the playoffs. Everybody else, I go, they all can make it, you know? So I could see Cleveland, even if they go 9-8 and eight and Deshaun Watson has a great year and plays really well and they don't make the playoffs somehow, right? I, 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 Steven, Kevin Stavansky should be good. He should be good to go. You know? So I don't think it's playoffs or bust or all that. I think it's what you're talking about, being a good football team and showing a tremendous amount of progress in Deshaun Watson and that offense are the biggest things they got to do here this year. But yeah, agreed with you in the fact that it's a big year for Kevin Skavansky. And if it doesn't meet expectations, he'll be in big trouble. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's not fair because I firmly believe that the same guy who decided he needed to have Johnny Manziel decided he needed to have Deshaun Watson, even if it meant upsetting the contractual apple cart, giving up three first-round picks. We're desperate for a franchise quarterback. I'm desperate to have a winner. Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback. I'm going to go get him, and I'm going to give him whatever I have to give him to get him here. It's Jimmy Haslam that bears the blame for this, because I think big picture, most teams recognize this was a mistake. There were too many unknowns. There were too many risks. There was too much of a downside. Even though, at the end of the day, there were multiple teams trying to get him, there was one team that came to the table with a five-year, $45 million contract that just puts more pressure on everyone for this to work. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's a huge, it was a huge moment in our league history you know, over the last two or three years there. I mean, come on. You know, Deshaun Watson, all the things he was going through, he got the greatest contract in the history of football. Right? So, yeah, the spotlight, the pressure, everything's on you, Cleveland. You, you know, made this move and made your bed, and now you got to sleep in it, and you got to make it work. And uh, that, that definitely adds pressure to the situation as well. Um, and, uh, again, the Browns, the great unknown this year, they could be great. They could be spectacular. They could thrive in this ultra-competitive AFC North and AFC. It all comes down to getting Deshaun Watson back to the guy that he was. Because I think one thing we can agree on, Chris, if they get the 2020 Deshaun Watson, the rest of the pieces around him, offensively and defensively, are dramatically better than what he had in Houston Definitely. in 2020. Definitely. They could be a true contender. The, the range for I, of all teams in the NFL – the range of potential outcomes for the Browns is the broadest of any of them this year. I can't think of another team that could go from Super Bowl to fourth place in their division, but I think the Browns fall into that category. And I guess the Steelers do too, kind of, but the factors there are different because we kind of we wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers do it. With the Browns, just who the hell knows how it's going to play out, and we have no way of predicting until it's time to play the game. No, you're, you're exactly right. And it's, uh, yeah, the AFC is incredible. 
you know, not that my quarterback rankings are, you know, in stone or whatever like that, but the top nine guys I had, eight of them were in the AFC. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane right now, like we've discussed. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you're right. There's a, a wide gap there, a margin where you, you can see it anything for, for Cleveland. And I think there's probably some, you know, you could team or two in the AFC West and AFC East that you could probably add to that thing where you'd go, I could see them being, you know, seven and 10 or being in the AFC championship game. I mean, that, that's how crazy the AFC is this year. That's uh, one of the, the main storylines I'm so excited for for this season. And you know what? With all that uncertainty, all that confusion, if you watch and when you watch the quarterback series on Netflix, yeah. you'll come to the conclusion there's a pretty good chance Patrick Mahomes is going to be in doubt, bet on. on that guy. But, <laughs> but you know what? Even though they've got a chance to go back-to-back for the first time in 20 years and this back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back championships, one of the reasons former Commissioner Pete Rozelle hated the lack of parity in the NFL, it's not going to be easy. It's not like you just show up and win 53 to 10. They're going to have to earn it every step of the way if they do it. So even if they do it, the ride will be pretty damn exciting and fraught with all sorts of perils and jeopardies because it's not going to be a given by any means. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We will wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. So, BetMGM put out that I, I really, I really was hoping we could avoid this whole. No, Barbie, can't avoid thing. it. They I say really this movie's awesome, man. Everybody's saying this yeah, movie and Oppenheimer That's are awesome. Great, man. That's great. Look That's at great. Jared so, Goff. So the Lions, the Lions. Now, is that because his hands are the actual size of a Ken doll's hands? Is that why they picked him? <laughs> You're funny. You're a jerk. Oh, he fits the mold. I'm he sorry. Says, if you're going to force me Whoa. to talk about. Whoa. Some, hey. oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. We still don't have Same a, chest a, a recent head. Hand. Yeah, we still don't have a recent headshot of me within the last five years. Oh, no. damn. <laughs> that's the. You know what? That's been touched up, though. That's the Roger Goodell. <laughs> that fits uh, much better. Yeah. Whoa. That's the Whoa. Roger Goodell evil twin. Damn, you okay, guys just ruined Barbie right there, man. That's stop a, it. You can't just do stop that. It. That's ruined. Just stop. Holy it. crap. Let's take Hold an Oppenheimer to the whole damn thing. All right. Uh, on to football. The Dallas Cowboys flew to Oxnard for part of their training camp without. Pro Bowl and future Hall of Fame guard Zach Martin. He made some noise last week. He's not happy about his contract, so he did not show up for the flight. Now, technically, it's not a violation yet, but I'd say it's a pretty strong message for a guy who never says boo. Right. That People were asking me last week, oh, what do you make of Zach Martin complaining about his contract? Well, has he ever complained about anything no. in his entire life? No, right. I have a feeling this isn't some idle complaint. This isn't some hollow threat. He's pissed off, and he wants to be taken care of. And if he's saying something, the Cowboys had better be doing something or he's not going to be there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, again, is Zach Martin the best guard in football for my money anymore? No. But is he still top three, four, five in football? Definitely. Okay? And he's been a Cowboy and a great Cowboy from the second he stepped in the door. And he's going, as we are right now, Zach Martin's a Hall of Fame guard. He's a Hall of Famer. 
So, you know, yes, he's, he's being underpaid. And not, not to say he needs to get Chris Lindstrom money, who is the best guard in football for my money, but he needs to be somewhere in that ballpark. He's looking at that going, wait, wait, you know, I'm playing better than Quentin Nelson is right now, and I got to think the Cowboys, they got a little salary cap space. They're, they got to appease him and, and get this done. What's weird is, after he complained last week, somebody reached out to me and said he did a restructuring in March that wasn't the automatic team has the right to restructure. He signed the deal that converted the bulk of his salary to a signing bonus, and he agreed to it. So it's odd it is weird. that that wasn't the moment for right. him to say, give me more money, that he waited until now, and maybe maybe he thinks he's got more leverage now. I don't know. I don't get it, but... Uh, the bottom line is he's not happy. He didn't fly to Oxnard, and I assume he's not going to show up until the Cowboys do something. We saw four years ago they dug in their heels with Ezekiel Elliott, and they eventually gave Ezekiel Elliott one hell of a contract. So if he just holds firm yeah. at fifty thousand a day, non waivable, he's going to get what he's looking. Yeah, for. Yeah, I would think so. I would think they could find a way too to give him a two or three year extension or something like that, where he gets a signing bonus or something to make ends meet and at least just be respectable in the conversation. You know, but I'm sure he saw some of these guys sign contracts here in the season, off season, and went, "Damn, I, I got to rethink this. I am underpaid." Well, we'll see what happens with him and everything else in the NFL. It's great to have it back. There's so much news happening. We'll have it tracked all day long at ProFootballTalk.com, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow morning. Have a great Tuesday. See ya. Home isn't just a place; it's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.